Hi, I'm Chris LaPaglia. And I'm Ann Bowes. You know us as the hosts of the Local Food Roundup. But we're going to branch out a little with our journalism. We want to ask you, what do you know about EMFs? With new smart meters going in in our area, a lot of people are asking just that. We recorded this interview February 23rd, 2019. We're here with Bill Cadwallader, owner and manager of StopDirtyElectricity.com. Bill, through his Las Vegas, Nevada company, helps people assess and address EMF problems in their homes and businesses. He has presented at the annual cancer convention in L.A., and he's taught at the International Institute for Building Biology and Ecology. He serves as a coach for IBE's apprentice program. He travels around the country speaking extensively on solutions to harmful problems with electromagnetic radiation, and he was one of 34 international EMF experts featured at the International EMF Health Summit in December of 2018. So, Bill, we are really glad to have you here, so thank you. Thanks for having me, Ann, and, and thanks for providing the forum where we can discuss some of these things. And most importantly, I, I want to stress to the listeners that we have solutions as well. So we'll be talking about some of the issues, but remember, we always have solutions to almost all of these things. And, you know, that's a good thing to know as we go forward, because first we have to understand what we're what we need, what the problems are, and we'll we'll have you go into that, but it is good to know that you have spent a lot of time looking at solutions. So, you know, the whole issue of EMFs and smart meters is a really big topic, and I'm hoping you can give us a basic framework for understanding what EMFs are. And, you know, when I started, I really didn't know the difference between microwaves and any other part of the electromagnetic spectrum. So, Bill, can you enlighten me? Oh, sure. Um, is, is it good to sort of start about why should we care, maybe about some of the health issues? Is that okay to start yeah, there? Yeah, let's, let's start there. So, uh, there are various health risks associated with EMF. We know these types of radiation actually damages the DNA they compromise the blood-brain barrier. That's a barrier that is in our brain to protect us from getting toxic uh, substances uh, from the blood into our brain. It compromises that. And it also weakens the immune system. So there might be a disease that you might have never gotten. Once you get it, it's even harder to get rid of it. And those are just three of the top things that are some of the issues. And in the health risks, it's crazy. In the neck and head area, I mean, there's um, there's been associated with all these types of radiations, brain tumors, salivary gland, thyroid issues, acoustic neuroma, cancer of the larynx, esophageal headaches, nosebleed, dizziness, tinnitus, and cognitive impairment. And let me just, from the start, let me just say that we believe that electromagnetic radiation is a contributory cause. It's not the sole cause. So again, is it more like a catalyst 
that are actually making these uh, issues uh, more prevalent. And there's also things in the abdominal area, mm -hmm. cancers of the blood, skin cancer, skin diseases, things like ADD, ADHD, neural, uh, autism, maybe even tremors and muscle spasms. So, and especially heart palpitations and hair loss are some of the big things. But um, there are a lot of things. There's a big list. And actually, when I speak, I have like six slides that I go over. And uh, actually, you mentioned the uh, cancer convention in Los Angeles. They actually taped that. If So if there's a user, I mean, a listener, rather, who's interested in that to get a little bit more detail, they can go to that and find out some of those other um, health issues in that particular case. And, and then also there's a great resource out there. It's called the Bioinitiative Report. And it I was just going to say, you sent me that reference, and I yes. looked it up. That's, there's a lot of evidence there. There's, there's over 3,800 scientific peer-reviewed papers by 29 authors from 10 countries, 10 of them holding medical degrees, 21 PhDs. I mean, there's just a mm -hmm. lot, mm -hmm. lot behind there. And they cover all of these issues, and they look at all those 3,800 research papers that, again, were all peer-reviewed, and they list and they talk about all those health risks. And again, actually, there's probably a lot more now. They just covered 3,800 of them. That's a lot. And you mentioned that these are correlations, but there's some very specific research that I saw showing that at the cellular level we can verify that there is damage at the cellular level very readily, so a cause-effect even. Um, and I, I thought that was very interesting. This isn't just talk. There's a lot of Recently, science. Recently, just last year, the National Toxicology uh, Program actually spent $25 million looking at this, and they were showing the effects of this type of radiation against rats and, and the causes of tumors and things within those uh, mice or rats. So mm -hmm. that was just the least. The, uh, that was another study that just recently came out last year. And even uh, there's a, a health maintenance organization called Kaiser in, in oh, California, yeah. and they showed that if you had higher uh, electromagnetic radiation or fields in an area, then there were more miscarriages. They looked at over 900 ladies, and they, there was an actual direct cause and effect on that particular one. And this was one that it instead of waiting a year or two or three years, they saw it actually in less than a year. They saw these correlations, and actually, they actually labeled them as causations. So again, there's just so much that comes out on a regular basis, even in the local, you know, news media and national news media. They're always just talking about it, and just grows and grows and grows every single year. But again, we're here to show solutions because we're not going to get rid of our cell phones. We're not going to get rid of these modern conveniences. So again, I always focus on is focus on what are the solutions. And normally when I go into a home and we do a EMF inspection and remediation, we normally have good, better, and best solutions. So okay. whatever's best for the client. Well, now, when you go into, and you go into a lot of different homes, I know, um, and there's different kinds of smart meters and that sort of thing. But for those of us like myself, when I first got into this, I really didn't know what we were measuring. So can you give us just 
a little bit of a guideline as to, you know, there's a difference between the microwaves and radio waves when we're talking about wireless systems. And then you deal... Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Just a basic background. There are two major types of EMF. There's EMFs, electromagnetic fields or electromagnetic radiation EMRs, through the air. And they normally include wireless, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. And some people call it RF, which is radio frequency or microwave. So just think about things being transmitted through the air. Okay. But then there's a whole second... There's a second category, which is radiation from the wires. So we have electric radiation from wires, magnetic radiation, and what's called dirty electricity. Mm -hmm. And since uh, electricity was installed in homes in the late 1880s, uh, there's been a lot of different wiring ways of wiring homes and businesses and things like that. And the current one causes some problems that we currently have. So, uh, but again, those are the major types of radiation. I can go a little bit deeper if, if you want to know more about the environments, I think where you, they come from. Well, I think you just described that, you know, there's the dirty electricity, that's the vernacular term, for the transients and the harmonics that come into on our wires in our homes. Am I correct yes, on uh, that? Yeah, technically it's called high-frequency voltage transients and harmonics. And what happens is all modern electronic devices run on less than 120 volts. So 120 volts in the U.S. is what's running through the wires. And when you run an electronic device, you have to actually squeeze down that radio, uh, the voltage to something to 24 volts or less. And it's done this thousands, it does it thousands of times a second. And whenever it does it, it creates spikes of radiation that basically piggyback along our modern uh, wires in our homes and also uh, outside. And so that's what happens with this dirty electricity. And one of the problems is it can come six to eight feet out into an environment. Okay. And that's where we have problems with the wiring in our home, if it's old wiring, or if we have something new put on it. And I guess that gets into the realm of smart meters. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Smart meters are something new. That, that have just come out since about 2009, 2010 in the U.S. And uh, there's a couple of different types of uh, smart meters that we have. And again, what they are is um, basically smart meters are utility meters that transmit information about your usage, you know, what type of usage we use, how much electricity, but it also... Uh, for the utility company, it monitors uh, line conditions, you know, if there's a fault somewhere or, you know, anything like that, that there's a, a uh, something that the system is failing. And they can come into three different types or three different utilities. They can be an electric, they can be a water smart meter, and a gas smart meter. And most of the time, the water and gas aren't too problematic. It's mainly the electric smart uh, smart meter that is the real problem that we have. And those smart meters, if, if I'm correct, because I have one that communicates over the power line itself, so it can be that kind or it can be a wireless, right? Right. There's two, uh, there's a couple major types that we use in the U.S. is one through, um, through the air, it creates wireless radiation or microwave radiation and it actually transmits back to the power utility company. 
but also internally they're starting to produce uh, smart appliances and those smart appliances will communicate wirelessly to the smart meter and then the smart meter will then back to the electric utility company. And the other type that you spoke about are is smart meters transmit wirelessly, but what they do is that from the, uh, they actually put the information on the electrical wires and the electrical wires uh, act actually piggybacks on the electric wires, similar to dirty electricity, and it goes back to the utility companies. Yes. And I know we have both of those types of smart meters in this area, simply because some are in a rural area, and we're in rural Idaho and rural Washington, but we also have towns in which we have the wireless. Yeah, exactly. Normally homes that are closer to town tend to, uh, they can communicate easier, easier to like cell phone communications. And then the ones that are farther out, there isn't enough antennas to actually pick up the information, so they send the information down the power lines, but the power lines were never designed to actually take that information. So the radiation from those transmission just Mm -hmm. actually go out from those bare wires into the environment. Now, I want to get into solutions here pretty soon, but before we do, I have been told, and I've read this online, that the grounding, um, no longer do the utility companies rely on sending the ground back to the station. They're doing a lot more ground rods and the like. What can you tell me about that? So in about 1992, with all the um, modern electronics, what was happening was is that the wires could not handle the increasing load that was being caused uh, by all the modern electronics. They tend to heat up the wire more. And so at that point, the utilities had the choice of re- either replacing millions of miles of wires or putting additional wires, you know, larger ones, mm-hmm. or they could actually, electricity comes out to our house, we use it, and then it goes back to the substation. So as it went back to the substation, instead of sending it on the wire, the uh, federal government allowed the utilities to actually stick it in the ground. So okay. it's literally going, um, going along the ground close to the power lines back to the utilities, and then they have ground rods that actually pick that uh, electricity back up the current. But it became such of a problem that in, uh, many, in Minnesota and Wisconsin, the, um, the actual cows, the milk cows, were being shocked by that increased current or electricity in the ground, so much so that their milk production fell. And it was such a serious problem, the farmers actually won lawsuits against the electric utility companies. And in the late 90s, uh, there were a couple of different studies that showed over 70% of all return current or return electricity was actually now on the ground. Wow. So that's been going on since the early 90s. 1992. Okay. Yeah, 1992. It's, uh, It's sad. After World War II... They originally had that in some rural areas, but animals and people were getting sick, so they stopped it. Um, so, oh. in a, uh, But they brought it back up again in about 1992. They started to do it again. Okay. Well, all right. Well, as you said, though, before, solutions. 
we should remember sure. that there are solutions for these things. So I'm going to just bring that on right now, if that's okay. I, I oh, think that's sure. what we need to start thinking about. Uh, normally, uh, when I, what I, uh, on my website, I have 10 things you can do uh, right now, actually, 10 ways you can reduce radiation exposure right now. Someone can just go on there and download those. Those are 10 quick and easy things that most people could do. And one of the first things is uh, electronic devices, including chargers and clocks, get them as far away as possible and don't have them on your nightstand. So basically, don't charge your phone on your nightstand yeah. at all. Get it as far away as possible. And even if you have it in airplane mode with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi off, that shuts all the radiation off the phone, the cord itself actually creates three types of radiation just being plugged in, and it can come six to eight feet out into the room. Which is so again, where you're what sleeping. What we want you to do is move that phone, and when you charge it, put it as far away as possible. Uh, doing a home inspection and remediation here in Las Vegas, and as I walked out, the lady of the house told me about a young lady across the street she just had a nine-hour surgery to remove a tumor on the side of her face. Wow. Okay. And she slept with her cell phone close to her pillow. Yes. And I've heard lots of those. Um, lots more people are getting tumors, facial tumors. And it does seem to be related to the cell phones. Over 90% of the brain tumors, they've actually uh, are on the same side that you use the phone. And then since the mid-90s, brain tumors have tripled. So I often ask people, if we had uh, three times the accidents on the highway and three times the fatalities, do you think someone would be looking into that? Yeah, yeah. You know, before we go on to the next item, um, I want to just remind people that they can look at your website, and that's StopDirtyElectricity.com, and you have these interventions on your site. They can just download it. It's very simple. And if they want to get a little bit more engaged, uh, in June of last year, we published a book called Exposed. I think you mentioned it earlier. Right. The Electronic Sickening of America and How to Protect Yourself, Including Dangers of 5G and Smart Devices. And we have over 300 pages in there. But more, more importantly, we have over 30 pages of solutions that anyone can do. Real easy and just do one a day. Uh-huh. Well... Or several a day. Yeah, or several, yeah. Yeah, and these aren't difficult. Certainly putting the cell phone away from your bedside isn't a hard one to do. I mean, we should be able to figure out how to do that. But but let's hear what, what else you have. Yeah, another one that we recommend is that always use your spell, uh, cell phone or smartphone on speaker mode. So get it away as far as possible. We know you can't do it all the time, but just get in that habit of moving it away. Any distance helps. So again, we recommend that again, you, whenever possible, you put it on speaker mode. Speaker mode and what else? You know, if someone wants to carry it in their pocket, what we recommend is they turn airplane mode on and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi off. That will cut off all the radiation. And most people don't know, in the fine print of most smartphones, what they have, probably on page 25 or so, is they, in that, in the small print, they say, never hold this phone next to your body. I have heard that, and I was really pretty shocked because everybody does that. Yes, it's, again... 
So again, whenever possible, just use it in speaker mode. And then uh, also, if you need to carry it on uh, on your body, then we recommend that you actually put airplay mode on, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi off. Uh-huh. And then it's safe, so my wife might take a hike out here uh, up at Red Rock Canyon, and she does that, and every 20 or minutes or 30 minutes, she takes her phone out, takes airplane mode off, and see if anything's come through. So you won't lose any emails, you won't lose any voice texts or voice uh, messages or texts or anything like that. It'll all be saved, and you can get to it real easily. And just a, a crazy little fact, not a crazy, a sad fact that came out. So when the smartphones were first introduced in late 2007, the sperm count in U.S. males have dropped every single year. Oh my gosh. And most people don't know is, even though this, even though you're not making a call on the cell phone, is every six to 30 seconds, the cell phone tries to connect to the nearest cell phone the nearest Wi-Fi or the nearest Bluetooth, even though you're not doing a thing. And it's just a surge of radiation hundreds of times a safe level. That's the problem with people who sleep with their phone really close to them. They're actually getting uh, radiation all night long, even though they're not even actively using it. That's not good. No, not at all. The the other thing more in the home is we recommend that uh, on on a Wi-Fi router, that you at least turn it off at night. So if you're, you don't have any safety or security systems that go through your router, please turn those off at night. Uh, most people, uh, some people can actually turn it off during the day and only turn it on when they need it. That's sort of the ideal condition. But again, if you can't do that, then at least turn it off at night. And some people say, you know, I, I just can't remember to do that. So they have, um, like a wireless indoor outdoor remote control switch so you just plug your router into that and you have a little remote control next to your uh, where you sleep as soon as you go to bed you just hit off and it turns it completely off now the remote is only like a microsecond that it transmits so you don't have to worry about the radiation from there and that's an easy way to do it i have uh, people who often you know turn off different uh, appliance or turn off different electronics throughout their entire house just at night like that and you can get it at a big box like uh, lowe's or home depot and they sell them very inexpensively uh, single units are nine dollars and uh-huh. uh, the uh, unit with three of them in it that you can r- turn on and off with a single remote or only 19 at Home Depot. So I don't know if I can announce Home Depot or any on the radio. I don't <laughs> I, know if I that's I think legal. you're safe here. That's not unlike the contactor that a lot of people are having. So they want to turn off parts of their house. They don't want to be sleeping with, maybe they've, they worry about dirty electricity or whatever. And you can just turn it off very conveniently, turn off the power to the bedroom or whatever, um, and then turn it back on with those little contactor type units. Exactly, and this is just a user, users can do it, they just go around the house, they plug these in, and then they plug like a power strip into that, and maybe they have, you know, like a TV and all the things around a TV, and more and more I'm finding that even though a TV is turned off, or even though different types of, um, Devices like Apple TV or Roku, they're still transmitting even though you're not using them. Right. So what we always recommend is, unless you have a real important you know, show you want to tape at 2 in the morning, that you just 
plug um, plug a power strip into one of these controls, and you just hit it. Um, you know, when you at night when you go to sleep. Yeah. No, that sounds you know not not troublesome at all. That sounds no, very it, realistic. It worked really well mm-hmm. for people. So, what else do you have for us? Well, another tip that we have is uh, it's called step away from the microwave. So, on my YouTube channel and also on my website, you can see how far you have to get back. If you still use a microwave, a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't using them now. But if you're still using it, how far you have to get back? I Most think people I saw think, that. Oh, yeah. what do you think about that? It's the other room, and it's still it's still radiating. You know, when you when you go ten, I think you went twenty feet away. I, you went quite a bit, yeah, quite 40 far feet. away. How far? Uh, Forty feet. Forty feet. That's that's the width of my house. Yeah. I, so so again, we always have good, better, and best solutions. So we want you to just get as far away as you can. Most people don't, you know, cook on a microwave for fifteen or twenty minutes. Most of the time, it's just a, you know, a couple four minutes or something like that. So turn it on and. You know, go into another part of the house, get something done, and then just come back. And never and always remember your pets. We're your pets when we have certain things. Like, we're coming out with 10 things, 10 ways you can reduce radiation exposure for your pets, and we hope to have that out soon. And again, where is the pet bed? Let's say you have a dog. How close are they to the router? Uh, That video, Step Away from the Microwave, is only about a minute and a half, so... So if you want to show someone else in your home that's not 100% convinced, I, uh-huh. I think that will convince them. And the other thing on laptops, another is whenever you use a laptop, try to get it as far away as you can and don't use it plugged in because the when it's charging, it actually creates those three types of radiation on the wire. Okay. And so to try to get it as far away as possible. And we would always recommend if you can use an ethernet condition or an ethernet line, but some people can't plug it in. So again, whenever you use a, a laptop, don't put it on your lap, try to scoot it away as far as possible. And then uh, if you are using it in in the Wi-Fi mode, we recommend that you also buy a wired keyboard and a wired mouse. We have standards that we use, and one of the standards for Wi-Fi, wireless, and Bluetooth is we want you probably 100 to 200, and it's called microwatts per meter squared. Don't want to get too technical, but I recently measured a Wi-Fi mouse. It was 95,000. Oh, my. Just wire it up, and, and you're good to go. Well, another another thing that we always recommend is never use a Bluetooth earpiece so or wireless headphones. So whenever you use those, it's even though you're not making a call, it's constantly radiating every 6 to 30 seconds. That's what's happening, and it's sending hundreds of times the radiation right next to your brain, right next to your ear. And again, it's not very safe every 6 to 30 seconds, even though right. you're not using them. You know, actively using them is just in standby mode, but there really isn't a standby mode. It's always constantly working every 6 to 30 seconds. Right. So I was recently into my chiropractor, um, and he knows what I do, I've done, and I've done his office in the EMF inspection. And so he told me a lady was in, not, you know, before me, uh, another uh, last week or the week before, and she said, I have melanoma on my face. I wonder if it's 
related to my Bluetooth earpiece. And I asked him, was it on the same side? He said, yes, it was on the same side. Was it above the Bluetooth earpiece or below? And he said it was right underneath. And again, I'm not a medical doctor. I can't say that was a cause and effect. But again, if we just do some easy habits that we can get into, and again, we would always say if you wanted to have something like that, always wire it up. Or if it's connecting to your phone, then always use it in speaker mode. So just some little safe things that we can do. We never go out without using our safety belt in our car. So, you know, let's do some other safe things too, some safer things. Well, those are all great ideas. They're simple, but easy to implement. And and that's what we need to all be thinking about. I wanted to mention, Bill, that you're going to be here in the Palouse area. You're going to be at the 1912 Center at 6 p.m. on March 19th, and people will be able to talk to you in person. Yes, I'll, I'll be speaking, and again, I'll, I'll spend some time on issues, but then I'll spend even more time on solutions. So, yes, please come out and hear me. Uh, again, uh, I think it's March 19th in the 1912 building at about that's, 6 p.m. That's right. Um, and I highly recommend it. You have been doing this for a while now. You're very familiar with the subject matter. And it's it's a timely issue for our area because we've got some smart meters that are going to be going in. People are concerned about them, and they just want to learn more. Well, that's it for this show. We hope you don't mind us talking about dirty electricity instead of local food for a while. We're going to have Bill Cadwallader speak at the 1912 Center here in Moscow on March 19th at 6 p.m. This stuff's right around the corner, folks. It seems like they're going to install the wireless smart meters, Pullman and Clarkston starting in May. And here on the Idaho side of the line, the dates are still to be announced. You could go to myavista.com, M-Y-A-V-I-S-T-A.com, and do a search for smart meters. You could learn more at smartmetereducationnetwork.com. That's one word, smartmetereducationnetwork.com. Get some more information, find some more resources. It's something that we need to pay attention to. 